Hi, you are listening to the IAVM podcast series, The Venue Coffee Break, episode 24. I'm your host, um, General Manager of the Visalia Convention Center, Shelly Ellis, and I want to give a shout out to my co-host and friend, Alexis Bergren. She is on maternity leave, so we bless her well and her little babe and family, and um, can't wait to um, hear all about um, her precious time with her her little one, but I'm lucky to have Greg Wolf on with me, as he's always on with us, but now he'll be helping out, and so thank you, Greg. My pleasure. And we're excited for today, and I just have to give a shout out to our guest, Sarah Robertson. She provided this topic for us, so if you're listening, please, if you have an idea of a topic and would like us to do some research on it, find a guest for it, please let us know. And we're going to talk about volunteer recruitment, recognition, and retention. Volunteers give their time to help better your organization, but the turnover can be a challenge and the onboarding even harder. They need to meet your expectations, but are we meeting theirs? This podcast, we are talking with our guest, Sarah Robertson, and we're going to cover strategies to recruit, recognize, and retain a strong volunteer corps to allow your need to provide the best customer service for your patrons. Sarah, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, we're excited. I'm gonna give a quick little introduction of Sarah so you know who she is. Um, Sarah is the Patron Services Manager at the Peace Center in Greenville, South Carolina. She received her Master's in Arts Management from Carnegie Mellon University in 2012 and developed the guest services and volunteer programs to open the Tobin Center for the Performing Arts in 2014. In the year and a half since she's been at the Peace Center, the Volunteer Corps has grown by 300%. That is amazing. I know personally, I don't have a volunteer organization here at the Convention Center in Visalia, but it's definitely something we're considering, probably not to the magnitude of, of your center, but a lot of it is, the hardest part is probably just starting. So how will you tell us really when it comes to recruitment starting from scratch? So that was one of the biggest challenges in opening the Tobin in San Antonio is that I mean we were brand new. We we had the media behind us which was great because it was exciting but we didn't have a whole lot of collateral or program to really promote the volunteer program. So we did a few things um, that really helped. The first thing was the city of San Antonio has a like volunteer webpage, like volunteer within the city, where you can post a bunch of different opportunities or reach out to different groups. Um, so we went there first. The other thing that I did a bunch of, um, I worked with the Chamber of Commerce um, in San Antonio as well as the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, posting on their websites, and the United Way got me connected with a bunch of different volunteer groups that we were able to to really kind of leverage their um, information. I think the biggest group that I reached out to in San Antonio specifically um, was the local tour guide association. Um, those people love to just talk about your city and tell everyone, you know, all the fun facts and the good tips and places to go and all those things. So getting connected with that group really gave us um, a voice outside of my own or outside of the Tobin. You know, they went out and gave their tours and they were like, oh, if you want to volunteer at the Tobin, it's right here and this is how you do it. Um, that made a big impact on our volunteers. 
the last thing that we did, and you know, it's a pretty easy thing that I feel like we do a lot with shows or events or anything, but like I put an ad in the newspaper for six weeks. And I, um, in San Antonio, we got about 150 volunteers just from the newspaper ad. Um, I also went on a radio station in uh, San Antonio and in Greenville and talked about um, what the program was like and what people needed to do, how they could sign up, when the next training session was. Um, that was a pretty easy way to kind of just use our media partners and that leverage to make it happen. Do you, do you find, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Julie. I was going to say, it sounds like you're really on a, a campaign, per se, and you really just, yeah. hey, are we going to do this? Let's go at it. And I think all those avenues you mentioned, I wouldn't have thought of, you know, but United Way and other nonprofits, the Chambers of Commerce, they already they already did some of the work, so you don't necessarily have to recreate the will. There's already people in our each of our communities that are willing to serve and, and want to help and know and love the cities that we're in. So great job. So Greg, go ahead, please. Yeah. I was just going to ask, you know, there's such a, there's a lot of stuff out in the, in articles about people really seeking out community more than ever. Um, you know, there's kind of an outbreak of loneliness, you know, it's a, it's a real problem. Now with social media, we, we, we find ourselves so isolated in a certain way. Do you find like the group that, you know, your volunteer group is kind of a, a you know, do they really, do they socialize, you know, do you hear if they socialize outside of volunteering for the center? I mean, are they, you know, do they, do they gel really well? Is that, is that, do you see that as part of it as well, the experience they have? So we have a lot of people, um, that's probably the biggest way that I recruit volunteers here in Greenville is reaching out to our current volunteers and saying, bring your friends and family, tell your crew. Um, yeah. And we have a lot of people where we do little social gatherings throughout the year, um, which we will absolutely talk about. But one of the things that I like to tell my team when they first go through training is like, it is a family. We have a lot to do and we have a lot of work that needs to get done, but we always have each other's back. Um, and I've got a couple of groups. So like Furman University here in South Carolina has um, a, adult learning program. And a mm. lot of our volunteers participate in that. So they go take classes together at OLLI, um, which is what it's called, and then they'll come here and volunteer. Or our um, school teachers have been a really big mm. volunteer yeah. for, for us. They'll be like, hey, let's go volunteer together. We'll spend time on the weekends. We'll do all those kinds of things. It almost seems similar to, fun. you mentioned teachers, and it almost seems similar to when we're recruiting for part-time employees you know, since it's minimal hours, um, we're about 25 hours a week, we don't we almost want to find the students so we can supplement the hours, you know, those that have a second job or the mom that's looking for a few more hours. It seems very similar when it comes to the volunteer world because it's not as often and not as consistent. And that brings me to my question is about how many volunteers do you manage and also what's approximate hours or is it very free each, each volunteer? So we have a team now of about 240 volunteers, um, and the approximate hours vary based on the week. So like last week we had a Broadway, we had Miss Saigon in, um, so that's, eight. luckily for us, all we have is the Broadway. Sometimes we're doing multiple things on different days, but um, that's eight Broadway shows, and they do about four or five hour shifts usually. Um, mm -hmm. So on those weeks, our volunteers are probably working 15 to 20 hours, depending on how many shows they want to volunteer for. Uh, but we try to keep our expectations of them 
um, very reasonable and achievable so that they're not feeling overwhelmed because they mm -hmm. are giving no time. What is the what is the average age range of your volunteers? Um, most of our volunteers are probably in their mid fifties to or late sixties. Retirement kind of age, or their, their, you know, yeah, they're usually retired. Um, mm -hmm. We did start a program this year uh, where we are working with the North Greenville University Theater Program, and they have 13 students and faculty members who come volunteer. They went through training, uh, but it's part of their theater degree now. That's great. But they have that opportunity. And yeah, it's also a great recruiting tool if you need to add staff, you know, you already know the students that they're hard workers, You'll, they'll know your system, they'll know the venue. That's, that's really smart. Oh, and they're such, they're so interested in seeing specifically the Broadways, but like they'll help with other stuff, but they're so interested in that and giving them that opportunity when they probably aren't able to afford a 50, 60, $70 ticket, <laughs> you know, it gives them a real sense of being involved outside of the university as well. So we're looking to advance that with the other universities locally um, in the coming year. This was just kind of our pilot test year. How do you, so you have your large campaign that you kind of mentioned and it sounds like it was very mm -hmm. successful. How do you continue with recruitment? Because, um, you know, there's gonna be turnover just for various reasons, I'm sure. So how do you continue that ongoing yeah. recruitment? Um, so one of the things that I've learned is that it's important while we all have our down seasons where it's easy to fit in trainings or information sessions, it really is important to do this over the course of the year. You know, if somebody submits their information to volunteer in October and you don't have another training session until July, they're not, you're not going to keep them. Um, so it's very, I try to do a training session every two months to just keep people refreshed and then I'm also only doing one with 20 to 30 people instead of four with 50 people in each. It keeps the volunteers um, ongoing and incoming rather than trying to replace a bunch all at one time, uh, which I think makes our customer service a lot more consistent. Uh, but we do a lot, I do a lot with our social media manager and with our, our group sales team. Um, so our social media manager will post on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter page. I always take like a cute boomerang video whenever the volunteers are hanging out. Um, <laughs> just so it looks a little more fun. Um, yeah. And then every time we have a training, our group salesperson sends an email to all of his contacts and says, hey, our volunteers are looking for more people. If you'd like to, or if anyone in your group would like to join, here's the information. To try to do that about two weeks out so that they can volunteer and sign up. Um, we have put an ad in our uh, playbill before, which seemed to help a whole lot. We did that for Phantom of the Opera last year. Um, but I think the multiple training sessions a year is really what I kind of have invested in here that I may not have done previously that really changed the overall picture. And part of that was because we needed more volunteers. I would think too that it's it's also helps them feel like they're part of the the larger community of your of your full time employees too, too. You know they're they're the face they're a face of the organization and you know you always hear about other venue types. It's it, you know you it's really like large stadiums really have to work hard to make sure that their you know temp staff feels like they're part of the 
whatever the professional teams you know staff as well so that's i think it's really smart you're re you're positive reinforcing the philosophy that you all have in terms of your guest services i'm sure that they feel that very empowering to know that you know they're the they're the first person someone meets usually sometimes coming to the door maybe sometimes the last so that's that's really smart greg that's something i tell them at every single training session because the a patron is only guaranteed to come in contact with a volunteer. You know, they mm -hmm. can, you talked about the loneliness and the isolation. They yeah. can buy their ticket online. They don't ever have to interact with the box office. Sure. They don't ever have to interact with me or my boss or the CEO. We've got people who their only interaction is with these volunteers and our front of house team. So it's so important on my end and as the patron service manager to make sure that they feel that appreciation and understand that they are a big part of the picture. Yeah, and I wonder too. You know, I, I know I keep I'm going back to stadiums, but I know that you know uh, certain MLB teams. I know the uh, the Braves always would put their guest services people in the same section every year. I wonder too. You know, if if your um, for your season ticket holders, you know, eventually the, if the volunteer is there long enough, they'll know them by first name. You know, they'll they'll seek them out. I'm sure in the in the, uh, in the foyer. You know, in between, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that that's community building too. the relationship between these volunteers and the patrons. And I'm that they'll take ownership of that as well, because they're clearly part of that great experience. I had that happen last week. A volunteer was like, can I be in this section? Those are my people. See? <laughs> okay, yeah, no, but that's that. But that's it, though. They're, they have they have skin in the game. They have buy in and they have uh, a, a definite uh I mean that's just powerful, you know. I just that it's no, it's no, it's no surprise. I'm sure your retention rates are so high, you know, because that that really is that's that speaks to people. Well, and as patrons, you know, we we attend events as well as much as we work them. I know that I sure. enjoy, you know, when I go to an event or even a restaurant where you're, I guess, a regular. It feels good where someone knows your name, you know, the old yeah. Cheers slogan yeah. and. You feel part of the experience, and the experience is so much more than just the show. And you know, we are always talking about service excellence, and so it's so important that you you host those trainings more often than than some other venues may. It's like, oh, you know, we'll just wait a couple more months and we'll train a hundred. You know, that that every two months and having it more intimate, I think, is very valuable. So kudos on that. And then I think it kind of leads us into well, we're kind of already talking about it recognition. So you have the you have the team of volunteers. How do you, how do you keep them, and how do you applaud their great work that they're doing? But I know sometimes we're limited on the funds that we may have, and so and sometimes you know we have to get creative. And what's some what's some ways that you've recognized your your team? So one of my favorite things to do um, for volunteers because it is the easiest and cheapest thing possible is uh, <laughs> I call it a pick your position card. So if somebody does a really good job one night or they hit a milestone, they've been volunteering for 10 years or whatever, pick whatever you find um, works for your team, I give them this pick your position card and they turn it in for an event they're super excited about. So like we have Chicago in March, the band, um, not the musical. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think misleading. But someone should pair those two shows together just somehow. I don't know how you would do it, but that that's <laughs> would be so too fun. perfect. I'm sorry, but that's just too perfect. Someone has to do it. I don't know how you do it. I, I either you had the music for one or the other one plays the other music. Something there's got to be something there. 
Hey, we are venue people. Let's make it happen. I'm telling you that someone could produce that. It sounds hokey, and I, but that I'm telling you that could sell. Just just to say you went to the Chicago Chicago show. You said it twice. I don't know the Chicago Chicago <laughs> show. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Oh, come on. So, All right. Sorry. It could be fun. That's okay. Um, so what I've given, there are a few volunteers out there that have this pick your position card, and I am just waiting for them to turn it in and be like, I want to be right up front, or I want to be at the second level, because the second set of doors is everyone's favorite spot, because it's a little further back, you can see everything. But a pick your position card, or I have another thing, I, I call it an override card. You know, putting a volunteer on a shift doesn't cost me anything. They're a volunteer. They're, I'm not spending any money. So I have an override card where if they didn't get picked for a shift, they can turn in their override card and actually get to work that shift and get to pick wherever they're going to work. So they're guaranteed a spot they like for a show that they're super excited about. Even Some though those things are ridiculously easy. So do they get one of those each, one of those cards each season? Is that what I understood? We give them away depending on special events. Sometimes, like, I'll host, we have a few parties that we host a year, and oh. we'll raffle things off, like, a package of them. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, if somebody really does go above and beyond to help a patron or a fellow volunteer or staff member, whoever it is, I don't mind just handing those out. Okay, thing. so you'll perhaps maybe carry some in your pocket or just, it's initial, uh, immediate recognition. So if you see someone doing a good job, hey, that, that's awesome. Here's a pick your position whole, card for future use. Yeah, that whole instant gratification thing really works out. And then they're, they feel like they're recognized right away. We also have a Facebook group um, that is specific for our front of house team. And I always like to post stories of, hey, guess what Volunteer X did tonight? It was so cool. Thank you so much for helping making mm -hmm. sure that they're acknowledged in front of their entire team, not just me handing them a card. Well, there's something powerful about catching someone doing the right thing. You know, that, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's powerful, too. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but, you know, that means, they're, that means your training has clearly had an effect, and that means that individual has pride in their work. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I know some people get very self-conscious, but that, that whole point is that it really is also a benefit to the whole team to recognize that, it's nice to know your team member is doing the right, you know, is doing their job. So that means that gives you positive reinforcement to do yours. So that uh, that's that, that's smart, especially because it's on social media that hits them where they're at. So they see it, you know, it gets reinforced there as well. Wow. I think a lot of these ideas, you know, whether it was um, yep. recruitment or recognition, again, go great with just uh, your employees, part-time, sure. full-time. These are these are great ideas. I do want to add we we have some some listeners listening live. So if yeah. you do have any questions, Greg will see those and he'll he'll jump in. So please, you know, whether you currently have a volunteer group or you're looking to start one, if again Sarah sounds like she's an expert. <laughs> so yeah, she's got so, it yeah. going pretty good. So please so, ask away and we'd be happy to yeah. answer those right now. Sorry about that. Yeah, so you can either type in your question or we can unmute you. I mean, this is a call-in show after all. Uh, if you have a question, we can unmute you and ask your question. Uh, so please, uh, if you do have one, please let us know. So um, anyway, go ahead, Sarah. You're saying so uh, recognition. Anything, uh, anything else on that topic? Um, the one thing I want to talk about real quick is 
events that you can throw for your team. So like April is Volunteer Appreciation Month, if you are unaware. Um, mm -hmm. It is, I always throw a party in April. It doesn't have to be a big party. Usually it's, you know, drinks and um, snacks just in our, in our restaurant or in the concert hall lobby, just something simple and fun. Um, we'll do raffles with that. But my favorite party every year that we throw here at the Peace Center is called Cookies and Cocktails. Uh, <laughs> it's our Christmas party, and it is a cookie exchange. Ah. So all of the volunteers bring cookies, and the part-time staff this year we started doing um, salty snacks. Last year we just did cookies and figured out that everyone was on a sugar high, and it was too much. Um, <laughs> so we did dips and dips and all that kind of stuff, too. But Everybody brings cookies. I kid you not, we had 2,400 cookies in December. Oh, my gosh. Three tables. <laughs> and it's a food coma, but it is so much fun. Um, we played, last year we played um, Broadway Bingo, mm. which they had, we asked questions oh. about the Broadway season that we had just had, and they had to answer the question, and that's how they knew which, which space to fill on their bingo card. Just fun stuff we just that. played, um, um, we just had an all-staff training. You mentioned Broadway Bingo, because you're always looking for ways to, um, you know, bring your team together. And oh, what's that? Greg, you'll know. I'm sorry. Just online, there's a question on the screen, and you have to answer on your phone. Kaboo? No, not Kaboo. That's a, never mind. I'm sorry. I won't. <laughs> so if anyone's listening, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's... It's a question answer, but the answers are the questions on the large screen projected, and then you get in groups and you answer on your cell phone, and it shows who has the right answer. But no, anyway, whatever that is. Well, and I was going to say too, you, and no one's ever done this that, that I could figure out. But no one ever. Well, of course you can do. I'm sure you could do a, uh, you know, an Oscars pick type of game too. You know, everyone picks the winner. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and then you could always probably, and no one's ever done this, a Tony's, a Tony Award um, bracket pool kind of a thing, too. Because oh. I don't, I don't think anyone's, I don't want to, you know, they always do it for the football, you know, they always do it for the other stuff. But I, I guarantee there'd be a fun, it'd be fun to do a bracket for either the Oscars or the Tonys. I think that'd be fun, but no one's ever done it. So, you know, Sarah, a free idea. Get, free idea. <laughs> Sarah, where do you get your funding from? Is, is um, so it is part of our operations budget. Okay. Yeah, it's part of our operations budget. I um, mm -hmm. I made the case last year during budget time that the team had grown so much that I needed a larger budget, and everybody was pretty receptive to that. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a, a leadership team that really recognizes how important the volunteer team is to the Peace Center. Um, mm -hmm. And they're willing to go above and beyond to make sure that those guys feel appreciated. Um, I am also lucky enough to have a food and beverage partner um, that helps out a whole lot. And our all of our bar <laughs> staff is in-house. So we can use that to our advantage as necessary as well. I, I mean, I think that's wonderful. I, the, the venue I'm currently at is... Um, City managed, city owned and managed, and and so we have some limitations. We do have a budget, but it, we have to be careful what it's used on and how it's used. But again, I think a lot of the items that you mentioned, you, they don't cost much. You could still do cookies. People bring in their own cookies in exchange. A lot of it's just bringing people together so they can get to know their fellow volunteers and you recognizing them publicly. 
I mean, it is nice to, you know, maybe have some cocktails, but I can't do that, but <laughs> that's right. just a bonus. <laughs> so you can have cookies and cocoa. Exactly. Or cookies and <laughs> Everyone's coffee. just bringing their own little ingredient to spike it with. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, again, I applaud you for these things. Do you um, do similar programs for your staff? Do, you, do they... I, I would assume you do, so they're not thinking like, oh, the volunteers are getting recognized, and what are we doing, chopped liver? So you, you have similar programs for your staff? So I invite all of the part-time front-of-house staff to participate in the volunteer program um, and the, in the volunteer recognition stuff. Um, so like when we have raffles and events, they are absolutely more than welcome to put their name in the hat and, and be part of that um, for whatever happens. A lot of times with my part-time staff, I just encourage them to communicate with me. If there's a show they're super excited about, you just have to say something. Like, I don't yeah. mind staffing you over someone else. Um, I have adamantly told them, though, I am not a mind reader. Um, <laughs> and they need to send me an email or let's have a conversation about it. So I try to get ahead of, well, I really wanted to work that show. Well, I, I don't know that. That's not, that's not that good. I tried. You just see it in good. my eyes, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, and then, so I'm sure this leads easily into uh, high retention rates, right? Since you have all these other part, other pieces of the puzzle. How, how does that, how does that work for you? Yes. Um, I think our best retention changes that we've made um, since I got here was we really made the volunteer program accessible. Um, so. Our volunteers are asked to work four shifts a month. We're talking once a week. That keeps them engaged in the program, keeps them knowledgeable about the Peace Center. Um, we also made their scheduling um, online a whole lot easier. They used to submit a piece of paper, which was then all put together, and it was too much for 250 people to figure it out. Um, but one of the things that I thought, or that I think is really important, is setting up the expectations of your volunteers. So like we have a job description and a background check that they go through and an application that really maps out, okay, when you're here, this is your responsibility. When you're not here, you're still the face of the Peace Center. There's still 400,000 people that walk through our doors and associate you potentially with that building. So really taking ownership of that customer service piece and how it's effective outside of our walls is a big piece of what we we do. Um, the other thing that I really think helps us is our training program. You know, we're not just talking about here's how the seats are set up every day or here's our customer service model. Now those are really important and it's a big piece, but we, we do an evacuation training every year after which we always get together and have some fun. Um, this year we partnered with a group called ABLE South Carolina and they came in and gave accessibility training on accessibility sensitivity training. So giving them that opportunity to really learn other things outside of, you know, where seat A14 is, is an important piece. Um, we invited them, the volunteers this year, to participate in our United Way campaign. They were invited to the kickoff party. They got to participate in the reward system if they chose to donate. Um, it was kind of an end of year slash United Way kickoff party. 
Um, and that worked out really well. We had about 80 volunteers that showed up at the party and a bunch of them donated. And um, they just felt so much more involved in the Peace Center as a whole rather than like, here's the volunteer party. This is everything. Have you, um, you, one thing oh, I did in... Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, you know, uh, also, um, do, you, do you do like um, first aid training too? Because sadly, you know, somebody, someone falls, whatever. You know, usually the volunteer sometimes usually the first person on the scene before you know EMTs can get there. Do you do any kind of training like mm -hmm. that? So all of our leads and supervisors, my part-time team, which is about 28 people, um, mm -hmm. they are all first aid, CPR, and AED certified. Um, wow. We're looking. I'm looking to find a different group that may help us out with getting a, a larger um, train across that just so that we have some more opportunities and we can provide the volunteers with more opportunities. Because you're right, they're the first person there. Every time. Sorry, go ahead, you, you were know, saying we have, something. I, oh, I was, um, one of the things I did in San Antonio that I really um, thought made the volunteers feel like a bigger piece um, of the program and kept them involved was we did a couple of drives for outside organizations. So we would do in July and August, we do a school supply drive to connect with um, one of the local, maybe one of our local schools, um, usually a, I don't know if it was a title school or not, but it was a, con it was a connection that we had through one of our full-time staff members. So we would do a school supply drive. And then from Thanksgiving to Christmas, we worked with a, um, Elf Louise in San Antonio and the volunteers all did a toy drive and everybody that donated toys got put in a raffle to win some override cards. Like, it was just really easy. Um, so I think figuring out where your community impact and your team can be impactful across your city, not just within your walls, is an important piece of that retention as well. A lot of people volunteer to, to feel good about themselves, right? For that, look what I did, I've, I made a difference. So if you can use your team to make a difference elsewhere as well, it's always a good retention program or piece of it. I think that sounds amazing. <laughs> so yeah. We're I actually mean, um, running out of time. And I can't thank you enough, Sarah, for, one, bringing this topic to our attention. And again, we encourage anyone listening, if there's something you want to learn more about or you would like to speak about, you know, Sarah brought this to our attention, and then we immediately asked, do you want to be our guest? <laughs> and so, and here um, we are. If um, you're listening and you'd like to learn more, Sarah, can they reach out to you, and how's the best way to reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, so my email address at the Peace Center is just srobertson, first initial, last name, at peacecenter.org. Um, there's also a contact us page on the Peace Center's website, and if you fill that out, you can easily get forwarded to me, so I can handle that. Happy to answer. And I'm sure, again, anyone could reach out to her, and she'd share all of her successes, and maybe some of those, hey, don't try this, this didn't work out so well. <laughs> so, I'm sure you have those stories. We didn't even get into those stories, but yeah. we all have those stories. <laughs> yeah. There's some horror stories all the time. <laughs> We had an episode of Horror Stories. That was fun. <laughs> but Greg, thank you so much for helping out today. And again, shout out to Alexis. You know, I'm sure she's 
hopefully catching some rest if she can and when her when her babe is resting. So I just want to give a shout out real quick. We have I'm in region seven here in California and we have I think it's is this our first region conference that you're aware of, Craig, or do you know? It's, it's soon. Yeah. So yeah, we have a region conference February nineteenth and twentieth and it's at the San Diego Convention Center. So if you're in Region 7, or hey, if you're even out of Region 7 and you and you want to come to beautiful San Diego, yeah, please go ahead and register. You can go on to the IBM headquarters page and register there or reach out to me if you have any questions, and I'd be happy to answer those. But we have a great lineup of sessions, and I'm absolutely looking forward to it. I'm grateful for the San Diego Convention Center for offering their space because Hey, who doesn't want to drive down to San Diego? So <laughs> looking forward to that. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Greg. And Greg, you had some news about iTunes, right? Is that correct? Yeah, so we're now yeah, we're now on iTunes. So you'll be able to subscribe and get the podcast uh whenever it comes out. So we'll be I'll be adding this to the to the feed soon. So definitely tune in and subscribe. Uh yeah, so we're we're our world domination is beginning. So here we go. Perfect. Sarah, anything You'd like to add real quick before we sign off? And I think I'm good. If anybody has any questions, please reach out. I'm happy to talk about all of it. This was a this was a snippet of everything that goes into managing volunteers and figuring <laughs> it all out. So yeah, we didn't oh, even yeah. get to the managing part. So that's a <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different piece. Sounds great. Thank you, everyone. Thanks.